everybody, and welcome into episode six. Uh, upon further review, the Dallas Morning News Sports Day DFW Sports Podcast. It's a very compact name for everybody, but it is now available in the iTunes Store. Kevin and Barry, what do you think about that? What is, know, what is know, iTunes? That's what I'd like to know. I was downloading some uh, some P Diddy, you know, because I'm uh, not a good day to be talking P Diddy. No, it's not. He's not having a good time, is he? No, no. I don't know why he got in that fight with the football coach, but I just saw the headline. I think it, he, you know, to his credit, he was he tried to hit him with some kind of equipment in there, so he wasn't actually trying to get in a fight. He was trying to, you know, bash the guy's head in or something. Okay. Anyway, I'm Evan Grant, Kevin Sherrington, our uh, West Coast rap expert. Yeah. And Barry Horn, I, I, I'm an East Coast guy. I, in, the, I, in that war, I was I, I went with the East Coast uh, guys. All right, so let's let's go to the West Coast. Let's go to the U.S. Open. We're going to start talking golf. That we're starting a podcast talking about golf. We're starting a podcast talking golf because wasn't the finish worthy of talking right off the top? Jordan Spieth won, so yeah, absolutely. The whole finish, just but, the whole thing. But, 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 but what makes it important to us here in Dallas, Texas, is the winner was our new franchise. Our fourth franchise. Fifth franchise. Fifth. Fifth. I don't. Ca- I don't. I don't count the stars. <gasps> what, what about? Wow. <laughs> I'm just okay, kidding. What about FC Dallas? Just Wait a minute. Let's sixth franchise. Yeah, let's call him six. Six. But, but six. I will say this: he does not rank sixth. Sixth professional franchise. I, w- I don't want to offend anybody in the in the, in the med- college ranks. Right. Sixth professional franchise. Why is he the sixth professional franchise? Why is he that big a story now? Is is Obviously, winning the first two mass, the first two majors, huge, huge. Deal. Now you're answering your own question. Thank you. Huge, huge deal. But, He's halfway to the Grand Slam, and nobody's done this since what Tiger Woods in 2002, right? Correct. And no one has this young has won back-to-back majors since Bobby Jones, which is about a thousand years ago. You know, the ra- the ranger, the ranger coach. I don't think Bobby Jones was a Texas golfer. I think he was from my home state. Yeah, he was from your home state. That's back back where they invented golf. Uh, the, the thing about this is, is I don't want to put too much on this kid, you know, because lots of things can go wrong, lots of things can happen, and there's no reason to say, okay, now this kid has to have this kind of career. But for all the great golfers who have come from Texas, and I will contend that per capita there are more great golfers from Texas than in any other sport, uh, this state has produced some unbelievable golfers, that this kid has an opportunity to be right up there with all of them. Well, it's, it's not. It is. Kevin is correct on that. But it's not only that. It's the kind of kid he is, and and we're talking about a 21 year old, who should be a senior, I think, at, at the University of Texas uh, now. We would hope so. What are you saying? Well, I mean, if he didn't have struggles of some kind, it's hard to be a golfer and I, a I, student well, at the same time. We're not talking about being a football player who who are texting the answers to each other in in, in the classroom. Yeah, apparently. But uh, in in their children's literature class, let's not disparage Jordan Spieth. We'll we'll or the University of Texas. We'll save that for our episode on Steve Patterson later on. Wow! wow but 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 this this kid is is, is remarkable uh, in 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 who he is, how he goes about doing his business. Uh, you you saw it if, if you stayed if you stayed with the broadcast after Joe Buck asked him about the course, and Joe Buck wanted a controversial. Uh, he either wanted it's a great course, all the other players are, are crazy, or it's, it's a lousy course, and I agree with the other players. And Jordan just ignored him, and he, he talked the positive, talked about the, the fans and what great fans they are up, up there in Seattle. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's great. The post the post celebration. It's important, but it's it's not nearly as important to me as oh. what took place 
when he went to the 18th. It's the team. persona of Jordan Spieth we're talking about. It's more. It's more than just what goes on in the golf. Course. But it's it's, it's just it's what I, I wrote about for today's paper. Uh, it was the fact that Jordan does not let himself be distracted by this, all this other stuff. And Jack Nicklaus has said on many occasions he loved it when golfers would come to the course and complain about the course because he said for every complaint I got, it was one less guy I had to beat. That guy had already beaten himself. And, and Jordan Spieth refuses to allow that to happen. As soon, last week, as I wrote, as soon as it became clear that all these guys were complaining about the course, and and one of the golfers said that exact same thing. He said, all these guys are shooting themselves right out of the uh, the open. This could be one of the easiest opens ever to win. I thought, oh, my gosh, Jordan Spieth has a great chance to win this now because that's the kind of kid he is, tremendous, tremendous focus. Well, look, at, look at what Jordan Spieth did on 17. He double bogeyed the hole. He went from a, a three-stroke lead, and he, he comes out after that, and, and it's tied. They're both at four, four under with uh, Dustin Johnson, and he comes back on the next hole and birdies the hole. See, that's what that, to me. Well, that's I what, mean, it's not it's not just the birdie for me. It's you've just double bogeyed, and you watch the scoreboard, and you've gone from a three-shot lead to, to tied. tied. I just said that. Thank to you. To tied. Okay, now you go to the tee box at eighteen, and. How do you regather yourself? See, that that's to me what makes him great is that. The, the kid has stumbled. You know, he has stumbled many things. He, he stumbled in the Masters. And, you know, you can see it in him. He'll, he'll step up to the tee box, and all of a sudden he steps back and starts taking practice swings. He's saying, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this shot right now. And yet he gathers himself. And, and, and to me, it'd be one thing if he was just really hot and he was just really on a streak and really playing well. And then the first time something goes wrong, he goes in the tank. And that is not what has happened with him. He has had some bad holes. He has done some poor things, and yet he has gathered himself and come right back. And, and to me, that play is long-term. I, I, I will just tell you that I am, I'm watching the final, the, the finish, probably, I guess, the last three holes at O'Hare on the way back from the Rangers road trip. And I've never seen people crowded around airport bars or restaurants around TVs to watch a golf final. But there was real drama there, and it, it was it was terrific. I mean, it, it was it was it was 180 degrees away from the way he won the Masters. He won the Masters. He he was four strokes up on Sunday, and, and he, he ran away with the tournament. This he showed grit and determination. He showed everything a pro golfer needs to show, and and he won the tournament. Did Dustin Johnson choke it? Oh, you know that's that's hard to say. He hit two great shots. That oh. drive, the drive on eighteen, oh, may be the best drive in the history of golf. I mean, right? he, he hits, and so and so. You know, obviously, it takes the, the, the nerves show up on the greens. You know that that's you know everybody understands that. The, the first putt, I, I don't fault him for missing the twelve footer. You know. But uh, but when you come back and you miss the three footer, and, and it's not like from the angle that we had. Although TV Fox really did itself proud on this broadcast. On the angle you have, you really can't tell. The, it looked like he just pulled it. He just looked like he pulled the putt to the left. It's like you pulled a three foot putt. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, well, but guys pulled. Uh, I, I think Jordan had just done that uh, to what uh, on the seventeenth, right? He 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 pulled a putt too. I mean. People were pulling putts all day long out there. But the difference is, in this case, is that now Dustin Johnson. Did you just had, say pulling putts? <laughs> yeah, Dustin Johnson. Let's let's what, leave, what the, leave what that at all. Oh my God! Let's, uh, Dustin Johnson has a history, and uh, and now this just adds to the history. Right. He has a legacy. He has that's that's, that's who he is. He's the, he's the Greg. Norman. What is his legacy? That he's marrying Paulina Gretzky? Uh, no, his legacy is that in these majors he struggles. He had a bad time at the PGA, and he had a bad time at the U.S. Open uh, previously. So he's the modern day Greg. Norman. 
And yet, I guess we didn't... Did we get Greg Norman's reaction? Because I had no sound. Did we get... Greg Norman was on the broadcast. Greg Norman was on the broadcast. He, he had one of the great chokes of all time. And somebody's got to turn to him and say, Greg, what do you think about this? Greg, What's you did, you, you did right this now. at the Masters. What's going through his mind? And we got nothing. Well, Joe Buck did kind of make a cursory reference to that, but he didn't ask him specifically. No, Norman, if at the whole tournament, it was it was incumbent upon Buck as as the as the play by play guy or, or as as the lead broadcast, he had to ask questions, and uh, he he didn't at that point, and that, and and he shouldn't have to ask. Norman should volunteer it. It might have been uncomfortable for Buck. You know, they, this is their first tournament; they've worked together, um, but it, it, it was it was not a good broadcast. I, I thought also, you know, as far as the broadcast goes, I, I got the impression watching it that they're tired of, of Jordan Spieth. How could it be? Already? He's 21 years old. I know. Old. That's what I'm saying. It, it seemed to me they wanted, oh, of course. The well, if you get Dustin Johnson, you get, you, you get you obviously get Paulina Gretzky, and you get Wayne Gretzky, and you get Jan that J whole. No, Janet Jones. Jones. Don't, don't leave her out, let's please. Don't leave her out. Again, did let's you, show our age Did, did you see yeah. the Flamingo Kid? <laughs> okay, that's all <laughs> I want to say. all-time favorite. So, uh, and, 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 I mean, that's what Fox, and, and quite frankly, if it's ESPN, probably if it's any network at that point in time, that's what they want. There's, there's, there's more... Uh, cultural mixing, uh, mix of uh, pop culture and in more sports. People. Yeah, it's just a bigger story than some 21-year-old kid who, as Barry said, is going to say all the right things. Well, they were also pushing the Jason Day angle, which I, it's a great angle. The guy's got vertigo. He's, he's really struggling out there. Barry wants to know if you saw vertigo. I did see Birdie. It was a great movie, by the way. Not not Hitchcock's greatest, but oh, a very good. Oh my God! Okay, so Gibbs, I'm, what's, I'm what's, sorry. What I is, cited some what is, what is real the, actual classics instead of what, the Flamingo Kid. What is, what is the greatest Hitchcock movie? Quick, Psycho. Okay, you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I only know M Night Shyamalan, even though I don't know how to pronounce his name. Let's let's move to the Rangers All talking right. about uh, horror shows of okay. the weekend. Yeah. Um, so the five game road trip to L A. and Chicago. Two and three against a quartet that included Kershaw, Granke, Sale, and Rodon. Four really impressive pitchers, if you ask me. But it's what could have been. It's not what ha it's what could have been. It's what position they were in. Uh, it was it was they were in position maybe to go four and one, uh, four and one. They were uh, they were in position to win all five games. Okay. To be honest. Now I mean they had they did win one game that they shouldn't have won, which was the ninth inning comeback against Sale after they had after he had allowed two hits and. Struck out 14 in eight innings, um, but you have the the 1 walk off loss on the balk in L.A. in the Granky game, and then you have the Sunday, um, the Sunday game, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, in which they lost by one run at, at, at Chicago. For me, I think the the biggest thing is this team. It's becoming more and more evident that they did a good job of holding the fort for two weeks while Beltre and Hamilton were out and DeShields was out, uh, but they need these guys back. They they can't they can't continue with the current lineup. They they need they need these guys to get back. Bigger bigger problem for me is, is not that look you're playing three great left handers. Okay, the fact that they won two of those games is phenomenal uh, to me that they did that. And so I, I don't have a big problem with this road trip. My big problem for this team right now is the same thing it has been all year long. The bullpen stinks. They cannot continue to go on with this bullpen. You know, if they, they're not, you're not going to hit against great team, against great pitchers. It's just not going to happen. It's just like every playoff game you ever watch, you're going to lose against those guys. And they actually beat two of them, and that, and that is phenomenal. They didn't actually beat Sale, but they, but they, they, they won the game. Out. They won the game. So that's all that matters. But this bull, this bullpen is, 
to me, when you when you bring in you know a Ross Detweiler, you're you're throwing in the white flag there. That guy's body language is so bad on the field. Uh, I, I can't imagine what, when when is a good time to bring him in. I just I can't imagine it. So I, I think this is where John Daniels has to move for this team because it is sucking the life out of it. Uh, to, to every you know every game to go out there with guys, so many guys in that group that you just can't count on. Well, there's three lefties in the bullpen right now, and I there's I don't think there's any of the three that you feel really you'd, good you'd want to count on. No, about going. And, and you made that point on Twitter in the Alex Claudio. He goes out for the second inning, and he said that the the percentages are not with the Rangers here, and that is absolutely right. He is a home run waiting to happen. Well, I, and I I think with Claudio, you know, if you look at the overall numbers, he's actually been good against right-handers, and you look at you look at all those numbers. But I think this is one of those situations where. Given the guy's stuff and, and and how below average it is, if you give guys enough time where he's coming back out for a second inning and they've all said, okay, let's take a breath. We've seen this. Let's time ourselves a little bit better. You're asking for trouble. Absolutely. You guys are 100% right. But who was the the, the uh, White Sox lefty that they brought in that, that looked like Cy Young against the Rangers? The, the uh, well, league. they brought in Zach Duke. All Zach, yeah. Uh, it, 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 was, it, was a, it was crazy. Well, against a left-handed, against a very heavy left-handed hitting lineup. You know, it was uh, boom, boom, boom. It, it, wasn't, it, the, the, it, it was ridiculous. Tw- two days they brought him in. Uh, the, I, I believe. I, I want to say they brought him in all three days. Okay. I, it, I think he had tried. No, they, I'm, I'm sorry. He did not pitch on Friday because it, they went straight to David Robertson. Yeah, but but on it, Saturday and Sunday he he he, he retired the Rangers. You don't you don't see and, it was he didn't even work up a sweat. And even as well as Sean Tolleson has pitched this year, at least as effective as he's been, I wouldn't say as as well as he's pitched. He, he doesn't go out and dominate an inning. There, there's very rarely uh, in any of his appearances. Oh, where now he here's Evan. One, two, Show three. me who does. Evan, come on. Evan, I'll, I'll, I'll say whatever. Gets him a say. hit. He gets up a walk. He gets himself in trouble almost almost every appearance. But I have heard this argument from fans for 15 years, going back to John Wetland, who always lived on the edge of he the closer and did. always pitched himself out. And Joe Nathan, Joe Nathan. who's going to go down as maybe one of the five best closers of all time. You know. Pitched himself into trouble. Pitched himself out. But that's also why they re- they let uh, Joe Nathan go. Well, he, they let him go also because he was going to make a lot of money. Make a lot of money, and he was right. p- pushing forty. But the guy's save percentage all time is. is Kev, one Kev, of the I just want to say, Kevin would like to be making a lot of money and pushing forty also again. <laughs> I, I, my my point is is that there's almost no move you can make in the bullpen that wouldn't be a good one to to bring in somebody else from the back end of the bullpen on and i'm not saying that Tomlinson is 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 not a i i would prefer him to be the eighth inning guy you know but uh i think that there's just almost any move they can make that would really improve this team and i think it's really incumbent upon john daniels to do that well i think it's not only incumbent upon john it's incumbent upon ownership to say hey yes go out and spend some money we're close we you know it, 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 the ceiling here is is self-imposed. But you get back you get back to what Kevin's point was in the paper a couple of weeks ago and that is you're still chasing Houston right now. Right. Is now the time that you go out and fix the bullpen or do you wait until you catch them so that a guy puts you over the top and assures you of a Well, how about putting a little pressure on Houston too? This is we're not talking about a, a team with a history of uh being out in front and and, and ignoring distractions. That team would in, come August is going to want to come back to to the Rangers. I'm telling you. Oh, I ab- absolutely believe that. So let's put some. If you're if you're the Rangers, you got to you got you got to also want to put some pressure on them. Well, and and I I did a little make bit some of moves. Re- I did a little bit of research on this. Looking forward, very little bit of research. 
if you look at the schedule, the chances of Houston coming back to earth are significant. The Rangers have, going forward, they have nine games left against teams that currently hold playoff spots outside of the AOS, okay? Um, against the Yankees, uh, 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 Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, um, and anybody from the National League. Houston, in that same time period, 29 games against those same opponents. That's a great stat. So, that I, I mean, the Astros have a significantly harder schedule. The Rangers also have six more home games left to play. Than and th- that is a team that has not been there. That's a young team. They're, they're going to feel – if you could put pressure on – if you could put pressure on But you also them. saw how the Astros reacted to – Don't point at me. I will point at you every time I need to, young man. And that's the last time anybody will call you a young man. Yeah. But you saw how the Astros reacted when the Rangers did – put a little bit of pressure by calling up Gallo and calling up Chi-Chi. The Astros went to Correa, and then they went to um, uh, Valbuena. Um, uh, I'm losing the pitcher. Valbuena. Yeah. I, I think the one, the one point I would make when you said that, when I wrote that column, I was uh, speaking specifically about adding a guy like a Cole Hamels. I think adding a bullpen piece is different. It's not as expensive to get, and, and it's, a, it's a more viable thing to do. And I think if, if they could go out and make, make a piece like that and add a piece like that right now, because I don't, I don't see that coming from anywhere, right? We don't think Luke Thompson's coming up here. and, and uh, I mean, uh, um, Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. Jackson. Jake Thompson. I'm taking Jake Thompson and Luke Jackson getting them mixed don't up. Don't get your biblical. Yeah, don't wrong. get them. They are. Uh, you, you're, uh, he's not coming up now. And you, you don't, you don't, I don't want think, him. I don't think he's ready to be perfectly honest. Right. I don't, I don't think that he is. And, and, and frankly, I, I think that when you're talking about the back end of the bullpen, that's, that's such a nerve wracking deal that, you know, Keone Kell has really done a re- really good job for the most part, but I think he shows his youth, uh, on, on, a, on a lot of occasions. And I, I think it's, it's wise not to put him in that eighth, ninth cent. And if he's throwing nine, Seven in the in the minors right now. Yeah, I, th- I think you know maybe that's maybe what they bring him back. You know, maybe he's got the message. Uh, but the, here's the thing: Does anybody know what's going on in his head? No. No, I don't think so. No, never, never. All right, quick question before we finish up on this episode, guys. So Jordan Spieth, obviously, is the huge story going forward this summer. At Absolutely. Least the next three weeks, going into British. into St Andrews. Is he the best active professional athlete from Dallas right now? And well, and who's his competition? Well, it's hard. It's is hard. It Kershaw. Yeah, sure. It's Kershaw. Kershaw's number but, one. But it's hard to compare a guy who plays a team sport with a guy who's, who's, who's individual. Well, and people would say, yeah, how much of an athlete that's are the purpose you as a of, That's the purpose of why we are having a make believe argument. But I'm telling. But I'm telling you, it's 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 a, it's a hard comparison. Okay, but thank you, thank you. What's All right, your, let, let, let me let me let me let me throw another guy in there. I and you're gonna before you poo poo it. You're gonna Errol Spence. That you're you're darn right, Abe. He's, he's a welterweight. He's he's one, the, one of the best hundred. Wait a minute, he's one of the best hundred forty. He's, he's an up and comer. Don't forget the name, Errol Spence. He could be. What what is the glamour weight class in boxing right now? There is no there glamour, is glamour, no glamour weight Oh really? Class. Oh really? Did did you not see how much money they made it at the at the Pacquiao fight at the Pacquiao yeah, Mayweather loved that fight? fight too? Didn't they? <clears throat> that fight went over really you know big. you know the highest two paid athletes. Barry, don't do you know who the, do you know who the world the highest two according to Forbes magazine the highest. Uh, most highest two paid athletes in 2015 are Mayweather one, Pacquiao two. They, so they made a lot of money. Does that make it great? That makes them high profile athletes. So why I don't know why you guys are, are so willing. But you're ta- you're, you'll take Errol Spence over. No, I didn't say I would take him. I said he he, he doesn't belong in the conversation now. But keep an eye Forever. on him. He's, he's he's up and comer. All right. Does anybody else belong in the conversation, or is it just Spieth and Clayton Kershaw? It's just what Spieth about, and Clayton. Kershaw. What about Matthew Stafford, Chris Bosh, no. Marcus Aldridge, no. Von no. Miller? What about any no. of those guys? No. 
No, it, it's harder for those guys, for most of them. In baseball, a pitcher, you stand out so much. You can dominate a game all by yourself. As great as LaMarcus Aldridge is, he's not able to dominate a game all by himself. He hasn't won a championship. He hasn't, no. been, he hasn't been center stage. Well, Clayton Kershaw hasn't won a championship either, but he's winning. He's oh, winning but he's been an MVP. He's, he's, been, he's winning Cy, Cy Young's Young's awards. He's, 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 he's in the conversation among the greatest pitchers ever already in his career. So, so Clayton Kershaw, until further notice, is number one, but Jordan's working his way up. What if Jordan wins the British Open? Oh. If Jordan wins the British, I'll say this. If, if he wins the Grand Slam. He wins the Grand Slam this year. No, which which how many people have done? Nobody. Nobody from Dallas. I mean, nobody from Texas. I don't think anybody's won the Grand Slam, the modern Grand Slam, since it's since it's been these these no one's won it. Nobody's same won year, all four. In the no. same year. Not in the same year. Not, not same a Tiger year. Grand Slam right. or, or anything like that. So, yeah, that'd be pretty good. In the year of the Triple Crown winner, by the way. That would be good. All right. Well, then I guess we have something. Oh, to, no words with friends today. No words with friends. You guys have. You guys are poo pooed the words with friends. Oh, I loved it. No, I refuse to. I refuse to engage you right now. Wow, I like wow. that. We're and breaking, besides, we're, you guys want to get out of here early. You uh, guys, that's Barry's my, got Barry's got lunch plans, and you want to get out of here. Early. I do. All right, so we'll sign off for this episode, shall we? Yes. Goodbye, See Kevin. Goodbye, Barry. Goodbye, Evan. Goodbye to my friends. Thank you.